Welcome in episode two, by all means, right here on Western Reserve Radio. I'm your host, Mark Means, Dave Ferris, executive producer, my co-host here in year number two. Find us on Facebook. Just look for Western Reserve Radio. You can go to Twitter. That's WR underscore radio. You can download the live 365 app or tune in for audio of the show or just head over to our main webpage at westernreserveradio.com. The numbers for today, 330. 707-4202. Coming up on today's show, we talk to Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com, and we'll also check in with my buddy David Dermer, who is a freelance sports photographer, an award-winning one as that, and he will tell us that later on in the show. And uh, coming up right near the bottom of the hour, when Dave joins me on the show, we will have a big guest announcement coming up at the bottom of the show today. But we go to the phones, and Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com, who was gracious enough to uh, jump in at uh, late notice, joins us on the show. Hayden, how are you, my friend? Good to talk to you, Mark. I apologize. It's been a crazy day. Yep. You know what? With the last couple days we've had in, in sports in northeastern Ohio, Hayden, crazy days are usually to follow afterwards. That is very true, and especially I don't think we've ever had you know quite like this in terms of Browns and Buckeyes in a while. So, um, you know, unfortunately for the Buckeyes, not the greatest, but uh, people are. I don't think I'd ever thought that I would utter this word, but at least we have the Browns. Yeah, no, I don't think that's something we'd ever thought we would say. But I, I got to ask you off the top because I had this debate with one of my friends today. No matter what happens with the Browns game on Sunday afternoon, this year has to be considered a, a full-fledged success, right? Correct, yes. So I mean, that's what I thought, too, I mean, but, you know, I, I, we got into an argument. You've you got to win a couple of playoff games. You really don't matter. You know, when you haven't won a playoff game since 1994, I'll take one and we'll go from there. I mean, even to, even to finish 11-5 and five and not make the playoffs, I think that's still a successful year. I mean – Going into the season, if you would have said the Browns are going to go 11 and five, I think every fan in their in their uh, you know their brother, their mother, their sister, and their cousin would say that they would love that. So, uh, yeah, that's 100 percent a success. I don't know how you could I don't know how you could say that it's not a success in any way, shape, or form. Just making the playoffs makes it a success. You know, considering the circumstances we're under with everything going on in the world, with all the positive COVID cases the team has had, do you think that was should be considered one of the greatest wins in the history of the franchise? Oh, by far. I mean, when you talk about the greatest wins in the history, I mean, you know, <laughs> I guess, unfortunately for the Browns, you think about only the greatest losses in the history of the franchise, and finally they triumphed and won a big, big game in a big, big moment, and you know, while it might not, you know, just given the given the given the the streak of not winning and given the you know playoff drought and all that, I absolutely, 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 that is one of the biggest wins in franchise history. Uh, if not, maybe a top five, maybe a top ten win. So, um, it's a historic moment for the franchise and hopefully a turning point for the franchise. And and um, I don't think there's any way you could say that it's not one of the biggest wins in the history of the uh, Cleveland Browns. When you look at the game, kind of evaluate for me Mike Prefer and AB, AVP's performances, you know, except for, uh, you know, taking the delay of game and then the timeout and the challenge. I think everything overall went pretty good for having Coach Stefanski not there. Yeah, I mean, you know what? Obviously, head coaches are, you know, the decision guys, the ones to make the decisions on fourth, going forward on fourth down, going for two points, field goal, whatever. But to be honest with you, when you get out to a 28 nothing lead, it makes your job a lot easier if you're uh, Mike Prefer. So uh, that being said, yes, I, I think that all he had to do was kind of just manage things, and he did a nice job. I mean, yes, there was that one bad challenge, but otherwise, you know, the Browns put themselves in a good position to where they didn't really have to, you know, deal with any huge moments for Prefer um, to make any huge decisions. I mean, he made certainly made decisions, and certainly I'm not saying that he had um, a bad night by any means, or, you know, he had a bad night by any means, but – Listen, when when the Browns gave him a twenty eight nothing lead and, and just had to kind of hold the water from there on out, um, they kind of made it easier for him. So, I mean, props to the Browns for for doing everything that they need to do. 
and props to you know props to the defense for coming up with the turnovers that they needed. Props to the offense for coming up with the big moments they needed. Props to Baker Mayfield for coming up with the big throws that he needed. Um, it made Mike Prefer's job a lot easier. And again, with Kevin Stefanski, I mean Kevin Stefanski was there to game plan the whole thing. I'm sure he had every little meticulous thing detailed to the point where they really couldn't mess it up if they tried. When you look at the overall collective year that Baker has had, and I don't believe he's thrown a pick since, what, like week six or seven, not that I'm trying to jinx him for this weekend, but do you think he has done enough this year for the team to say in the offseason we will pick up that option on the the extra year of the contract that they could? Uh, yeah, he actually threw that one pick against Baltimore, but otherwise you're right. Um yeah, of course they pick up the option. Uh, I think they got to be talking extension at this point. I mean, what, he's the first Browns quarterback since uh, Vinny Testaverde to win a playoff game. I mean, you got to be talking extension 100% uh, at this point. Maybe, you know, I, I know Baker's going to want a lot of money, and I know the NFL is a money league, but um, I would hope the Browns would look at a two- to three-year deal for, who knows, somewhere 80, 90, something like that. I mean, I think that's fair. But, again, Baker's going to want that big money. He's going to want that five-year deal, maybe even 10-year deal from the Browns. And I don't know if they're ready to do that yet. Uh, but certainly you got to be talking extension. And, yes, absolutely, you got to pick up that option. Is it oversimplifying things to say with the Chiefs coming up this weekend, the simplest way to control their offense is for the Browns to run the ball and keep the ball away from those guys? No. No, I don't think it's oversimplifying it. I mean, I think at some point, um, you know, the Chiefs are going to score. That's just what they do. And I think the Browns can score too. So it's going to be a high-flying game. It's going to be on Cleveland's defense. I mean, the good news is likely they'll have Denzel Ward back. Likely they'll have Kevin Johnson back. Um, you know, a couple of players made some huge plays in the last game. MJ Stewart, Sione Takitaki. I mean, guys that you're not necessarily expecting to come up with, you know, huge, huge efforts. Um, I think that certainly that will help. Um, and having, again, having Denzel Ward back really can't be overstated, especially when you're playing against the caliber of Tyree Kill and those guys. Um, just super, super talented, that offensive team. Uh, and, you know, to have Carl Joseph, to have um, Sheldrick Redwine, to have Anderson Deho, to have Ronnie Harrison healthy in that secondary, that's huge too. So I think the Browns are going to be at full strength, as, as full strength as they can be on defense, maybe minus Olivier Vernon, um, which obviously hurts. But uh, they're going to be in a big spot, and hopefully they can just do enough, make, it, make enough of a stop, make enough of an effort to, uh, to get a win on Sunday. You know, I don't know about you, but I keep looking for between 10 and 12. I'm always you know, checking social media, checking the releases from the team to make sure they haven't announced that another player has been put on the list or, you know, hopefully a player has been taken off the list. And for me, there's a bit of an exhale every afternoon when you don't hear about any moves like that over the last couple of weeks. No, absolutely. Um, especially when you get, you know, five positive cases on Monday and then you get another positive case with Ronnie Harrison that ended up being a false positive. I think the Browns have put themselves in an excellent position um, to be in a situation where, hey, you know, that, I, I think I'm pretty sure that I'm pretty sure that by Sunday, you know, given no more positive cases, that they'll be pretty much COVID free. Uh, maybe some of the coaches, maybe some, you know, of the staff members. But, I mean, if, in terms of the guys on the field, they'll be pretty much okay. Um, again, again, barring any other upcoming issues, hopefully not. But that's that's pretty significant considering they were one of the only teams in the league to, to find a way through or to, you know, have a little bit of an outbreak there. And uh, hopefully, again, that they can just uh, continue to be COVID-free and continue to be at full strength for the Chiefs. Hayden, let's jump over to Ohio State in the game last night. And a lot of people that I talked to, a lot of people on social media, not very happy with Kerry Coombs and his defense this year. Is it, in your opinion, is it, you know, this was a squad hit by a graduation, hit by players going pro, and there was a lot of inexperienced players last this year, or was it one that really just didn't develop as the short year went along? Oh man, I think I think it's a little bit of everything. I think it's a little bit of Kerry Combs. I think it's a little bit of you know some of the the guys not developing. I think it's a little bit of recruiting. They didn't have a strong recruiting class in terms of those guys. 
Um, you know, the linebackers are just, they're, they're veterans. I get it, but they're just not very fast. They're just not very, um, you know, they don't really change the game. I think the defensive line last night certainly hurt from Tommy Togia and Tyreek Smith being out. But I think it's a combination of everything. I really do. Um, you know, this Ohio State team wasn't the most talented defensively. Uh, and that's, you know, something that they've sought to fix in the recruiting classes. So yes, Kerry Combs, I don't think the, the, the game plans were amazing. And I don't think that that's certainly, um, I don't think that that, you know, certainly is going to adhere him to uh, be a good candidate for the job next year. I think that maybe the Browns or the Buckeyes will look in another direction. Uh, but that said, I think it was a combination of just about everything with that defense. And it's, it's unfortunate because the offense was so darn good. And you look at it, and they mentioned a lot on the broadcast, and I, I was just wondering, you know, a lot of 4-4 scheme with four linebackers on the field, and then you get a situation where, you know, the fastest player on the field, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, gets matched up on a linebacker that had absolutely no chance to stay with him. To me, that goes to coaching and scheme. It definitely goes to coaching and scheme, absolutely. I think that that is a glaring example of coaching and scheme. But also, I think it's coaching and scheme on Alabama's side, too. I mean, I think Sarkeesian coached circles around uh, around Kerry Combs last night, and I think that he did an amazing job with that offense, amazing job with Devontae Smith. And I think that he's, honestly, after everything he's gone through, I think he's earned that job at Texas. So, um, you know, Steve Sarkeesian, definitely an offensive genius, an offensive mind, and I think he put that on display with this Alabama team. Uh, and, and put put Kerry Combs in a position to where, yeah, where he was going to have, you know, problems trying to cover everybody and trying to make sure that, you know, they were covering Devontae Smith and they just couldn't do it. So it was a little bit of both. I wouldn't have run the 4-4 myself. The Ohio State linebackers, I just wouldn't I – w- I wouldn't have trusted – I wouldn't have um, – just had them in I wouldn't have had as many Ohio State linebackers out there as they did I probably would have kept it to a minimum in terms of putting linebackers out there because I just don't think Ohio State's um, linebacking uh, group is very good right now but I think that'll change in the near future you know, uh, Hayden, assuming that Fields goes pro, and we all think he will, for the first time in a few years, it's going to be interesting because there's no guaranteed, you know, going into spring camp that we, we hope is normal this year. We don't know who the quarterback's going to be for the first time in a few years. But that's the fun of it, right? Is that you got all these five stars. You got Quinn Ewers coming in, you got CJ Stroud, you got Jack Miller. I mean, it's, it's going to be a, a, a smorgasbord of, of five star prospects. And, that's going to be the fun. You know, these guys are going to iron sharpens iron. They're going to battle it out. And I think they all have different skill sets, and I'm excited to see who comes out on top. I think Ryan Day obviously has a great, great, great um, resume coaching quarterbacks, and I'm not worried at all about that position. I think I'm more worried about the running back position. I think they need to get a little more talented there. Um, the receivers are going to be great. So I, I think this is, again, it's going to be a passing offense next year, and I'm excited to see one of those guys step up and make a difference. You know, I know it's only been a couple recruiting cycles, but has Ryan Day proven that he is as good a recruiter as Urban Meyer or maybe better in his first couple of years? I think he's probably just a little more energetic. I mean, Urban and Urban have been through the ringer for a while, and, you know, that the travel takes a toll, especially when he's dealing with the headaches and whatever, he, you know, everything that he was dealing with. Um Ryan is a little younger, a little more pep in his step, maybe. Uh, he's got some great recruiters on his staff, Brian Hartline being, you know, the most notable, which is why Ohio State's wide receivers have really been um, one of the most, you know, amazing units in uh, college football this year with Olave and Craig Garrett-Wilson and the guys coming up, Julian Fleming, Jackson Smith, and Jigba. Um, I'm excited. Yeah, I think that Ryan Day is probably at, at least at the level of Urban Meyer, if not better. Um, and, you know, somebody asked me during one of my broadcasts last night about recruiting in it and and i i don't believe i don't believe ohio state will ever be able to be better than clemson alabama in terms of recruiting just because they're not in the south and they're they can't compete with the the hot weather and that but the fact that they're on the same level is amazing that is amazing 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 and that and in that in that way shape and form they are actually they're probably better at recruiting than clemson alabama but the final numbers will be even just because again it's not as hard for Alabama and Clemson to go get their guys as it is for Ohio State. Hayden, appreciate you jumping in on short notice. As always, thank you. And uh, hopefully we've got another Browns playoff win to talk about in the future. And uh, as always, thank you for jumping in. That would be pretty exciting, man. Thank you so much. I appreciate you, Mark.
Hayden Grove, our friend from Cleveland.com. Make sure to go check him out there and all his social media platforms for joining us here uh, on Episode 2, Season 2 of By All Means here on Western Reserve Radio. When we come back, Dave and I will break down a little bit about last night's Buckeyes game and, of course, the Browns win last week. And, of course, you know, Dave and I can remember when the Browns used to win playoff games all the time. Because, uh, you know, back when we were in high school and uh, actually my first year of college and his second was the last time the Browns won a football game in the postseason back in 1994 uh, with Vinny Testaverde, as Hayden mentioned, at the helm at quarterback for the Buckeye for the uh, Browns. We'll also talk about uh, the uh, difficult night last night for Ohio State in the championship game, which, uh, you know, if you are a realistic Buckeye stand like me, you kind of had a feeling that that was the best team in the country by far and they would expose the Buckeyes' weakness was the secondary, and they sure did that uh, with uh, Mac Jones throwing for over 300 yards in the first half yesterday uh, against Ohio State's defense, and we'll let you know as we go, you know, what exactly is the future of Kerry Combs as defensive coordinator? Is he more set to be maybe a position coach like he was his first round at Ohio State with the uh, defensive backs, or uh, does he have it cut out to be the defensive coordinator? Because we know he can recruit off the front and he can coach. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio, the radio home of the Youngstown Phantoms, part of the Live 365 Network and SB Nation. In the small town of Elmira, New York, a boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Western Reserve Radio is the Valley's online source for sports talk and local live events. Tune in and be a part of their live weekly shows, as well as all of the hard-hitting action of Youngstown Phantoms Hockey, High School Football, and the GDFL. Find them at WesternReserveRadio.com. Tune in and the Live 365 app to be a part of the area's sports conversation. Be sure to visit them on Facebook at Western Reserve Radio and on Twitter at WR underscore radio. The storks are bringing me a baby brother. We can do this together. All right, let's go. Storks know how to keep kids safe. Do you? What? Oh my gosh, you don't know. <gasps> I know. You don't. <laughs> oh man, you laugh when you're uncomfortable. <laughs> no. Making sure your child is in the right car seat is one of the steps to safer travel. I will rock this. You will rock this. To know for sure that your child is in the right car seat for their age and size, visit safercar.gov slash the right seat. Cool, cool, cool. Very cool, very cool. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. It's important to plan ahead for emergencies. Like, like the, the storm. storm. When, when it kicked in, in we had we a plan. Separated. We, we were, were able to get in touch with each other in no, no time. Idea how to find each other. The, the whole experience, experience was, was the most frightening 10 hours of my life. If, if there's, there's one piece of advice I'd offer other moms, moms out there, there, it's to stay it's calm and keep to the plan. Message. Some parents plan ahead. Some don't. Make sure you know where to find your family in an emergency. Start your plan at ready.gov. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. During the fall and winter, grilling season never ends, and Gessler Propane is your local supplier. Then make sure you get your hard-earned money's worth. Why go to gas exchanges to pay higher prices for tanks not filled to capacity? Gessler Propane makes sure you're prepared for year-round grilling with 100% filled tanks at a reasonable cost. See Bob Monday through Friday, 10 to 4, and Saturday, 9 to 3, at Gessler Propane, 702 Youngstown Poland Road, Struthers, or call 330-755-9119. Gessler Propane. They got gas. Right back here, by all means, on Western Reserve Radio. Thank you to Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com. It's time for What's Trending with Mark and Dave, part of the show every Tuesday. And Dave, we'll do things a little differently today. How about we announce a pretty cool guest for the show coming up in two weeks? Does that work for you? That works for me. Go for it. 
So just officially confirmed, we are excited to announce that on the January 26th show and for the entire hour, we'll be joined by a former Phantoms play-by-play announcer and current team broadcaster of the Seattle Kraken, Everett Fitzhugh. So our old buddy Everett Fitzhugh going to join us from Seattle on the 26th, and he'll be on for the entire hour. So we are looking forward to having him on the show in a couple of weeks. Next week, still working out all of the details, but we do know that uh, we'll be joined by Rob Schmidt, uh, radio and TV voice of Youngstown State Basketball. We'll get his opinion on the Penguins and just how they've dealt with COVID-19 as a team this year. But, Dave, I know you watched every minute of the Browns game on Sunday, and it was strange because even though it was comfortable early, and I mean very comfortable early, 28 nothing, you text me, it's still early. Oh, you know I live in a house full of Steelers fans. And they gave up after the first quarter, and I'm like, uh-uh. I, in fact, I believe I texted you and uh, Mr. Craven. Mm-hmm. We're up 14 to nothing, and I'm still sitting there going, nope, it's too early. <laughs> Well, so, fourteen nothing became twenty eight nothing pretty quick. Right, and even in the fourth quarter, I looked at the score in the fourth quarter. I go, nope, it's too early. I don't care what that scoreboard says. I have seen Roethlisberger with three minutes left to go, down by fourteen, come back and win a game by three. I mean, think about the records he set for them in that game. He threw four touchdown passes. He threw four interceptions. He threw over 500 yards, but the all-time NFL record, regular season or postseason record for completions in a game, and they didn't win. Yeah. Yeah, his exact stats, he was 47 for 68, 501 yards, four touchdowns, four interceptions. 68 47 for 68 yeah my shoulder hurts just thinking about that yeah and he's not much younger than we are no he he's not <laughs> he's in his late uh i believe late 30s yeah maybe early 40s yeah. right around there he's not a young guy so here's the debate it was talked about after the game. We saw the tears in Ben's eyes. He reportedly stayed on the bench for quite a while after the game was over. I heard it was like over 30 minutes. Ben is a hell of a competitor, whether you're a Browns fan or not. Does he go out like that, or does he play next year if they bring him back? Uh, that's the question, is if they bring him back. I mean, their backup squad the week before playing the Browns looked better than their first-string squad playing against the Browns game. last week. Yeah, it was a lot closer game. <laughs> and then, <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. I don't know how. I don't. I think that's what he was sitting there pondering because you could just see the look on his face when they showed him after that game was over. And it the look on his face was, do I really want to put up with this anymore? At, at least that's the what? vibe that I got from what looking at him. You look at that team, too, and they have multiple players who, who contracts are up and they're free agents after this you know, this year's now over for them. Mm-hmm. You've got Ben, who I believe is, and don't quote me on this, right around a $51 million cap hit for the Steelers for next year. And there's speculation that the cap in the NFL, because of all the financial constraints of you know not having fans or concessions or merchandise, the cap may actually go down. Down, I, I can uh, I can see that a lot of work. Yeah, I can see that happening across the NFL because the revenue that's been lost this year by every team is it, it's got to be hitting everybody hard. I mean, you realize how many people that are unemployed because there's no fans in the stands. Well, and think so, about the NHL. Gary Bettman, the commissioner, said yesterday they're going to play games potentially the entire year without fans. They expect to lose billions, and that's hockey. You oh, can yeah. only imagine what football is going to lose because it's a much well, bigger enterprise. Right, and but we both – and I know you watch hockey. I watch some hockey too. When you watch a hockey game, though, there's never empty seats at a hockey game. So I can really see the NHL losing billions over that. 
it's a niche fan base, but you know yeah. we're part of it, especially on the weekends around here on Western Reserve Radio. Oh, I yeah. know where you and Jim are going to be. Yep. If it's a home week game weekend for the Phantoms, that's where me and Jim will be, up in our uh, loge right next to the press box. So we got a nice little niche carved up for the two of us and couch, chair, so <laughs> a few empty seats. We're good. So, you know, let's get to the Buckeyes yesterday. And oh, do we have to? Lost <laughs> to Alabama. You know what? Here's the thing. I'll be honest with you. And I, you know, I care about Ohio State football more than any team in my life. And if you know me, you know that. Oh, yeah. I know Especially how Ohio State Michigan weekend. Lately. Ohio State Michigan weekend. You have a different shirt for every, every day. day. Starting on a Sunday. A lot of them aren't nice. <laughs> huh? A lot of them aren't nice either. Oh, I know they're not. I've, I've read your shirts. <laughs> but so no, here's the thing. being honest, going, going into that game, I did not think we had a chance in hell. And neither did I. That's why I so. never really got angry yesterday because I didn't expect them to really win the game. No, I didn't expect them to win the game either. Alabama, just in their quarterback and that wide receiver Smith, they're, they're phenomenal. They are absolutely phenomenal. I, I, I mean, mean and you, you look at that game, you look at, you know, what first play of the game offensively for the Buckeyes, Trey Sermon goes down with a shoulder injury. He ended up going to the hospital during the game. Good for him. He is okay. At least that he came back to Columbus today. You saw, you know, Devontae Smith, their best receiver, go into the tent, go into the locker room, come back with his hand taped up. Mm-hmm. You know, you read comments from players. That was a hell of a physical football team. But you know what? When one team's got more talent than you, games are going to be like that. Oh, yeah. And, and it was a lopsided game. I mean, from the get-go, it was just it, – it, Ohio State – didn't we don't have a secondary this year and everybody knew it nope we had an offensive line our line and offensive line and defensive line are great our linebackers eh, they're okay but they can't cover do any down coverage they don't have the speed to keep up with those guys they don't have the speed at all in our corners forget about it i mean smith got loose and it was over as soon as he got loose, it was it was just done. I mean, and you look at the fact it was reported 13 players for different reasons were out for that game yesterday. Starting kicker, third string kicker who would have handled kickoff duties had he been able to play. Uh, you you lose uh, you lose your running back on the first play of the game, and the biggest blow to the team to me was you know defensive tackle Tommy Togiai, who's played out of his mind this year, and especially against Clemson last week, unable to go in the game last night. And the way Alabama runs the ball, and they didn't really run it that much; they ran it a little bit. Without him in the middle of the defense, it definitely made uh, made easier going for Alabama. Oh yeah, and and when you look at the running game, they didn't turn their running game on until the end of the third quarter, when uh, Smith came out of the game with that hand injury. That's when they started turning on the running game, and then it, it was over. It, at that point, the game was over, anyways. I mean, that's I guarantee you that they told Smith, "Don't worry about coming back in. This is a in a it's in it's in the box." Yeah, I mean, it, it was given. They were going to run the ball, run the clock, and try to get out of there as best they can. And you know what? For the situation Ohio State had to deal with, the year that they had, the fact that they had multiple games canceled, some because of you know an outbreak within the team, some within the outbreak of other teams like Maryland and Michigan, well, a well, fantastic well, year. Well, I'll give Maryland theirs. I think Michigan was just scared. <laughs> That's the way I'll keep that one. <laughs> So, you know what? You look at it. You missed three games. You you absolutely destroyed Clemson, that 11th-ranked team that uh, Dabo Swinney talked about, that he ranked them. You, you beat Clemson. You got a win to go to round two of the playoffs, legitimizing your fact that you deserve to be there, whether you had played as many games as the other teams or not. And you kind of got beat. Similarly, if you look at the score, I mean, Alabama didn't score as many points as they did on Notre Dame, but Ohio State scored more points than Notre Dame did. So you you kind of you kind of knew what you were getting yourself into playing against the team in the caliber of Alabama, 
And uh, you look at uh, Vegas already. They look at the top three, four teams coming out for next year already. Ohio State's among that top three with guess who? Alabama and Clemson already. Yep, I heard it was Alabama number one, Ohio State two, Clemson three, Notre Dame four was the top four that I heard earlier today. And the biggest question, Mark, will be, you know, who is the quarterback for Ohio State? There's no JT Barrett, Cardell Jones. Uh, you know, there, there's none of these guys that have been there the last few years. There's no incumbent quarterback. It's going to be a heck of a battle in camp to determine who's going to get that job. And there's some really talented quarterbacks. The only problem is none of them have actually thrown a pass in a college football game before. And that's that's something to overcome early on in the year. Yeah, and it is. And, it, and that's part of the problem with having a shortened seasons like they did and we realized we only had five regular season games this year right you didn't have time to bring in and start a backup i mean we probably could have a few times because we ran the score up high enough but they just never well, they did got in, but they never threw the ball right or they yeah it was constant handoff 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 so yeah it's hard to do that and, and you're going back and talking about passing in jones um jones was 36 for 45 last night Completed 80% of his passes, had 464 yards in the air, and had a QB rating of 203, Mark. Yeah, he's pretty good for a first-year starter. You know right. what I mean? Right. Not, not too shabby whatsoever. No, and, and Smith averaged 17.9 uh, average yards on 12 receptions. His longest went for 44 yards last night. And I remember that one. That was that breakoff from the uh, left-hand side and just right down the field into the end zone. up a little bit we're going to talk with my friend longtime friend david dermer who you know from his pictures that he takes for local sports publications but he also works nationally as an award-winning freelance sports photographer and he's going to talk about some of his favorite pictures he's taken some of the best events that he has been to and he'll also let us know about just, you know, he was at that Brown Steelers game over the weekend. So we'll talk to him uh, coming up here shortly. Time for a break, Dave? Yep, we're in it right now. So We'll be right back. Town of Elmira, New York. A boy was born into an all-American family. The odds of him achieving his dream in the fashion industry? One in 23 million. The odds of having a child diagnosed with autism? One in 68. I am Tommy Hilfiger, and my family is affected by autism. Learn more at AutismSpeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. It may be hard to believe, but people just like you are already saving money. FeedThePig.org makes it easy. Their simple savings plan teaches you how to start saving without going overboard. So you don't need to start foraging wild berries. I was skeptical, but these are actually pretty good. You don't need to sell your soul to the devil. Fifteen bucks is the best I can do. You just need FeedThePig.org. Don't get left behind. Get tips and tools at FeedThePig.org. Brought to you by the American Institute of CPAs and the Ad Council. Welcome to Calvin's Barbershop. You all got to see this. I don't even want to know what you're looking at on that phone. Well, you should. I was learning about the dangers of high blood pressure and that we need to get ours checked regularly. High blood pressure can increase the risk of heart attack or stroke, but this text program can help keep it at a healthy range. Just text Barbershop to 97779 to sign up. I'll get right on it as soon as I'm done with this baby panda video. <laughs> text Barbershop to 97779. A message from the American Heart Association and the Ad Council. Miss an episode of By All Means, and you could miss a lot. That was also a big draw when Major League Baseball talked to us about this concept and, and if we would be interested in, in moving into this league was the vision that we've had State College, Williamsport, West Virginia, all three really strong. By All Means, Tuesdays at 5, right here on Western Reserve Radio and streaming live on westernreserveradio.com. WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. Take one. Behold the angry giant. Try it again, Alberto. Behold the angry giant. Perfect. Good luck tonight. Behold the angry giant. Yay! Read me another one, Dad. This is WWE superstar Alberto Del Rio. It only takes a moment to make a moment. Take time to be a dad today. Visit fatherhood.gov. Brought to you by the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services and the Ad Council. Listening to WRDB.
Western Reserve Digital Broadcasting, Youngstown, Warren, Salem, and around the world. back here on by all means going to go right back to the phones and my friend david dermer the freelance sports photographer and if you follow him on social media he'll tell you he's an award-winning and losing photographer so i like how you keep it balanced dave i mean we've all lost something once or twice so you know why not be honest you know you're a browns fan so you know i know you've watched your teams lose a lot of times and and you know what that's when I, I mean, that's really why, you know, Sunday night down there, it, it really, it was really special because, I mean, I, I said, you know, we're walking back to our cars and it's just like, I've done every Brown Steelers game with the exception of, you know, the 2020 regular season game down there. I've done them all and I've never seen them win in Pittsburgh. The only time I've ever seen a team I was there to shoot win was when Akron beat Pitt a couple of years ago. I've, I've never seen the Browns win there. I've never seen uh, the Broncos or Duke or Youngstown win there. And I just, I mean, it hit me like a ton of bricks. And it was just, there. that was the most, you know, enjoyable I've ever had. And I I tell you what, so, I mean, so, like it, it, it's difficult because, you know, when you're at games like that, you know, you're there to work. I'm not there to be a fan. I'm not there to cheer. But... Every now and then, it, it, it does get you, and it you know it was a little bit more enjoyable. I'll, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so that was actually going to be my question. You know, knowing as big a Browns fan as you are, and knowing that you know you've appeared yourself in an iconic picture as Browns fans, we all know uh, yeah. about you know maybe when the team wasn't as good as they are now. How hard is it to keep focused on? I'm there to do a job and not really, you know, be part of and enjoy the fact that the Browns won a playoff game for the first time since 1994. You know, it you know, it struck me when the clock was counting down that it was becoming real. And, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I cried a little bit at the end because it, it did mean something to me. And I, I, I am a Browns fan. But, you know, when you're there, you're working. It's, you know, it's how I pay my bills. It's how I keep a roof over my head. It's it's my job. So, you know, I'm not there going to be a fan. I'm not – it's like, you know, so you really kind of have to, you know, be professional in your approach on it. You know, if you're going to be excited, keep it inside, be, you know, contained. But, you know, it, it, did, it made it a little easier because I was, you know, I was helping the Browns team photographer that night that, you know, I could wear a Browns hat to work and I could wear my hoodie because – I was there representing the Browns, so it was, you know, it was for a little bit more forgivable than if I was just there as a completely neutral party for, you know, a newspaper or a wire service. So I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy just a, just a little hair more. You know, over the years, you had a chance to cover a lot of pretty cool events that you've shot. Kind of, you know, some of the things that you have done over the years and some events that you've been able to be part of. Sure. Uh, I've done... I mean, NFL football, I've done over 100 or so regular season games from, like, 2011 on. Uh, Major League Baseball, I did uh, – I've done did the ALDS Division Series in 16, 17, uh, 18, and uh, this past season. Uh, done the Memorial Firestone Tournament a couple times. Uh, I've been outside photographing fans for uh, – you know, AP for like the World Series and the NBA Finals, all kinds of countless. I mean, I, I'd be remiss if I didn't count all the fun high school stuff I've done, all the local stuff I've done with, you know, Kent State, Youngstown State, Akron. It's not just all Brown Steelers and that stuff. It's it's a lot of local stuff. It's a lot of, you know, Friday nights at uh, Struthers High School or Niles or something, you know, super low-key and fun that, you know, it, it really just kind of – makes it all worthwhile but i mean there's a there's a there's been a lot of fun stuff that i get to go do and see and and you know others get to see through my perspective so do you have a couple of maybe favorite pictures you've taken over the years that you might have hanging in the house or that you can think of off the top of your head i only have two pictures hanging up on my wall the one picture is from the 2016 alds where uh, Lindor hit a home run 
and it was a, a two-page spread in Sports Illustrated. Uh, that's framed and that on my wall because that's that was that's like the holy grail of things that for sports photographers that's an accomplishment. So that's that's a notch on my bedpost, so to say. But then the other picture, the only other picture I have framed on my wall is from uh, 2012 when Kent State beat Bowling Green and Daryl Hazel got a Gatorade bath. Not because it's some great immaculate picture, but because I never thought in a million years I would see Kent State be that good in football, and <laughs> I just never wanted to forget that. And it's been on my wall. I look at it every day. And, and those, I mean, but I can, you know, think of pictures that I've taken that, you know, the backdrop to my laptop, it, it rotates every couple of months when I take something pretty cool. But uh, like right now it's, it's Baker Mayfield after from uh, the backdrop of my laptop is Baker Mayfield from the Browns game in, in Dallas in October, where he's, he's running over after a touchdown, you know, big grin pumping his fist. And I just, I love that picture. <laughs> so it just kind of, it, it, honest to God, like I, I've almost become cynical looking at all my pictures and being like, well, you know, that's not as good as that one. But it's like, I, I, I do every now and then I'll take one. I'm just like, okay, that's, that's pretty good. <laughs> so here's the things I can tell people that I know about you that we can talk about on the air. A, okay. I know you love playing NCAA college football, the video game. Wish it would come uh, back. Bring it back. B, bring it back. I know how much a Transformers fan you are. And, of course, I know that you've been a professional photographer for a long time. But how did you get to that career field? How did you pick that, of all things, to do? I mean, I simply put, I've always been a sports fan ever since I was a little kid. And it kind of hit me one day when I was going to all the Youngstown Steelhounds games, like, why not take a camera and remember some of this stuff? And then I just started to get progressively better at it. And I was like, I mean, when I say progressively better, I made a couple of pictures that were in focus. And I went to uh, Mike Semple at the Trib, and I was just like, hey, if you ever need someone to take photos, you know, let me know. And he reached out to me. It would have been 2008. He's like, hey, are you going to the Lakeview basketball game tomorrow? And I'm like, yeah. He's like, you signed up for pictures? So I'm like, Yeah. And I went to that game and shot it, and I was so nervous. And he, for some reason, called me back and kept calling me back. And it just kind of grew and developed into something that, you know, I I mean, if you would have told me 10 years ago I'd be doing this stuff, I'd be like, and, and, and how do you come to that conclusion? Because I, I still, there's some days where I'm still like, pinch me, I do this. It's so cool. But it's it's just been a lot of, uh, it's been a lot of networking. It's been a lot of uh, practice. It's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, you know, cold call emails to people that, you know, no, we can't hire you. No, we can't. And, and that's fine. But then when someone does hire you, you know, go do your job and, and send them the best photos you can. And, it, it you know, it it really opens a lot of doors for you. So how difficult has this, well, we'll say this past year of 2020, uh, when sports oh. kind of disappeared for a few months, how hard was it on somebody like you that re relies on being able to go to a game, you know, for your livelihood? I, I mean, I'd be honest, and, and I mean, I'm not going to lie to you and say that, you know, it was fun and easy. I mean, I I drove home. I was I was doing the MAC basketball tournament for you know, a couple different schools up there, and when everything shut down on uh, – March 12th, I just, I remember I drove home and I was like, well, if I take a nap, maybe I'll wake up and this nightmare will be over. And when right. I woke up, I just saw more things were canceled and I'm like, this isn't going to be good. So there was a time from March until July where I, I didn't pick up a camera for all of one or two things. And, you know, it was a, it's a very difficult thing to watch a business you've worked very hard to evaporate overnight. But then, you know, I, you know, I've never been one of those people where you can, you know, bad things happen. And, you know, that, that that's part of life. So, you know, it's just kind of like, how do you respond to it? And uh, I, I really felt like through all of this, uh, you know, I've weathered the storm and there's been, you know, there's good days and there's bad days. I mean, there's still, you know, places that I've worked for for years that haven't hired me back, which, you know, I do realize a lot of businesses are struggling so i i'm not you know gonna call and beg and, and be annoyed but it's like it's you know there'll be a day where everything's back to normal and it's it's gonna be a fun day but 
you know, it, it's there was a lot of. I mean, there's there's still hard days. You're driving back. You're just kind of like, all right, when will the next time I be going? When's the next time I'll be going to work? And it's for someone like like for myself. I mean, I generally have fun doing what I do. It's it's not, you know, so much as oh, I have to go to. I got to go do this. It's like I have fun you know, working with the people that I do, seeing the events I do, and it's it's a lot of fun. So it's just kind of like you can't really substitute that with playing Call of Duty in your basement for a couple hours, you know? So it's, you know, there's good days, there's bad days, but it's, you know, there's been a lot more good days since, say, uh, August than there have been bad. So I'm, I'm hoping that it just kind of, once we get to the spring and things start to maybe get a little bit back to normal, you know, there's a lot more good days for for everybody not just people in my business but for for everybody i mean outside of work i just want to go to a concert again i don't know about you right you know i can tell you i haven't picked up a headset and like you you know doing what you do i, I there's nothing more i enjoy than calling a game whether it's the yep. high school college level pro semi-pro and i mm-hmm. haven't called a game since the 6th of march from last year yeah. and i can't wait and i know i i think at least i hope in the next couple of weeks i'm going to have some opportunities to get back to that here very soon and oh yeah I, just looking forward to that opportunity because you know we're lucky and i know i could speak when i say we're lucky because we love what we do exactly and that's that's one thing that i've i've said to people i go you know you really have a lot of time when you work in this business to find out if this is what you want to do like I, i tell people i go you know when you're in my shoes you find out if you have fun doing this when you're driving back from a Mac football game on a Tuesday or a Wednesday night and it's quarter to four in the morning and you're coming back from Kalamazoo or Bowling Green, you find out pretty quick if if you want to do this. And, you know, when you can answer the bell and, and be generally excited to go to a game that there might be 50 people at, you know, you're going to be okay. And I'm one of those people that I'm still pretty excited to go to those. So, you know, I mean, even like the Youngstown State stuff, I love working with Youngstown State Athletics. Trevor and his staff there are phenomenal because they're, I mean, they, you know, they give you, I mean, at least they give me the ability to do what I do at the highest possible level and represent them. And I don't want to let those guys down. And it, it just, you know, that means the world to me. Like when, you know, when I'm, when I'm there for school, wherever it is, I want to, I want to do good for these people because they're trusting me. And that's why I have so much fun because the trust I have, it's like, I do want to go do this stuff because it's a lot of fun to go do what we do at the highest possible level, regardless of what it is. So let me end by asking you something on on a positive note. One event, one game, one something that you haven't had the opportunity to go shoot yet, that would be the ultimate dream for you would be to do what? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. I mean – that's I, I mean I, I love I love football. You could put a football in the middle of a field, and I'm like, okay, how how can I get there? How can I go to as many games as I can? The Super Bowl is one of those events that you know when when that day comes, you know I, I if it's five years, ten years, whatever I have to wait, you know I, I that's just one of those events that when it comes, I will be uh, I'll be forever you know I'll, I'll never forget that day. Like I. I the Browns photographer last year went and covered it because he, he worked with the Chiefs, and I, I even just sent him a text like, dude, I, I cannot wait to see your your photos from tonight because I, I, just, I just get so excited for people that get to do, you know, their dreams. And I'm just like, I, even, I was just like, I was just so excited for him because he got to go do something I want to go do so bad. And, it, and I just know when that day comes, I'll be like, it'll be like the first day of school when you're actually excited to go. <laughs> Dave, appreciate it, man. Look forward to see what you're going to have. You know, I saw some of your pictures from the Browns game over the weekend. They are fantastic. And Thanks, uh, thank you for taking a couple of minutes to catch up. Oh, it's uh, good to talk to you. I know we haven't seen each other at a game in forever. It, with, when that day comes, Mark, it, there's going to be a hug and a handshake because we know when that happens, you know, there's, there's going to be better days ahead for all of us. So I, I look forward to when that, you know, when that moment happens, and it, it will be a good day. Absolutely, Derm. Thanks for coming in for a couple of minutes. We'll talk to you soon. Anytime, my friend. We'll talk soon, buddy. David Dermer, freelance sports photographer, joining us. He's got to cover some really cool events. And I I was thinking, as soon as he told me, you know, I was at the Browns game, 
in, in Pittsburgh, I was like, well, man, he's probably one of the biggest Browns fans I know. How do you just kind of focus in on the job and get the job done? And, you know, he, he did it because his, his pictures are amazing. And if you follow me on Twitter, uh, at Mark underscore means, I tweeted out a couple of his pictures a few days ago. You can go check those out uh, from his work at that game uh, at, at Heinz Field over the weekend. And we mentioned it before the break, and we mentioned it when Dave and I talked at the bottom of the hour. Very excited. Two weeks from tonight for the entire hour from uh, 5.06 until 6 o'clock, uh, we're going to be joined by our old friend Everett Fitzhugh. He was here in town for just one year with the Phantoms, and we're so excited at what he is doing now uh, going on from the, from the Phantoms to the Cyclones. He will now be and now is – the he is the uh, team broadcaster for the new Seattle Kraken who begin play next year not this year kind of got a little ahead of myself thought they were playing this year and they're not but the uh, the Kraken will be playing next year in the NHL out there in Seattle he will join us for the entire hour next week we're going to take a break I think it's about time to take our final break for the day unless Dave tells me otherwise and we will come back and we will put a fun wrap on this show we'll We'll thank our guests. We'll tell you who's going to be on next week, and uh, we will wrap up things here on By All Means. We'll do that right after we take this final timeout right here on Western Reserve Radio. Grilling season never ends, and Gessler Propane is your local supplier. Then make sure you get your hard-earned money's worth. Why go to gas exchanges to pay higher prices for tanks not filled to capacity? Gessler Propane makes sure you're prepared for year-round grilling with 100% filled tanks at a reasonable cost. See Bob Monday through Friday, 10 to 4, and Saturday 9 to 3 at Gessler Propane, 702 Youngstown Poland Road, Struthers, or call 330-755-9119. Gessler Propane, they got gas. Miss an episode of By All Means, and you could miss a lot. That was also a big draw when Major League Baseball talked to us about this concept and, and if, if we would be interested in, in moving into this league was the vision that we'd have State College, Williamsport, West Virginia, all three really strong. By All Means, Tuesdays at 5, right here on Western Reserve Radio and streaming live on westernreserveradio.com. The year was 1907. The Cubs won the World Series and the Ford Model R hit the assembly line. While here in Ohio, school administrators came together to form the Ohio High School Athletic Association. One thing that hasn't changed since 1907 is the dedication of the OHSAA to education-based athletics in Ohio. School sports teach responsibility, sportsmanship, and life lessons that stay with students long after their playing days are over. The OHSAA seeks to prepare students not for the next level of sport, but for the next level of life. You're listening to Western Reserve Radio at westernreserveradio.com on the Live 365 Network and the Live 365 app. Wrapping up episode two of season two of By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio because it all starts local right here on By All Means. Thank you to all of our guests today. Of course, we began with Hayden Grove from Cleveland.com who kicked off the show for us today. And then uh, David Dermer, who is a freelance sports photographer. You'll see him at games all over the Valley, whether it's high school, college, YSU, Phantoms. He's all over taking pictures because that's what he loves to do. Next week's show, still a little bit in flux. We can't tell you for sure. We'll be joined by the radio and TV voice of YSU basketball. Uh, That is the legendary Rob Schmidt, who has been calling Penguins games forever and has been a friend and a mentor for me. Uh, for a lot of years and and helping me make career decisions and trying to get better uh, in sports broadcasting. So we're looking forward to talking to Rob next week. And uh, that'll be coming off a trip uh, to uh, Michigan, up to Oakland, Michigan, as the uh, Penguins take on Oakland for two this weekend. And uh, we wish the best of the Penguins in that. So that is going to do it till next week when we come back in two weeks. Again, Everett Fitzhugh, the former Phantoms announcer, now the team broadcaster for Seattle Kraken, joins us here on the 26th. For executive producer and my co-host, Dave Ferris, my name is Mark Means, and you've been listening to By All Means right here on Western Reserve Radio.